Scott, would you give your knee so that Anthony Edwards could play again? <laughs> of course. But he doesn't want my knee. I can barely jump over a phone book. What about you, Neil? Can Ant have your knee? Yeah, for sure. I'm happy to go by eel from now on. Welcome to episode 184 of Wolves Cast, the show otherwise known as Farmington's Finest. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. Farmington High School Football Rocks. Yeah. I'm Scott. That's uh, that's what's up. It's a Farmington show, everybody. Welcome back to Wolf's Cast. Go Farmington swimming. It has, uh, we took a week Farmington off. Farmington tennis. All, right. all the teams, all the best teams come from Farmington. But uh, yeah, we took a week off last week. There was not much going on in the in the Timberwolves world. All-star break means Wolf's Cast break. So uh, thanks for rejoining us here this week for Wolf's Cast. I got what I wanted. Oh? Photos of D'Lo wearing a bucket hat in the sun. Ooh, you know? perfect. That, that's how you know there's vacation. Going on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, today on Wolf's Cast, it's a very special episode. It is uh, one of our review, season in review uh, episodes of, uh, we're at the three-quarter way through the season. Oh my gosh, 75% of the games um, have already occurred. And we're looking at uh, at uh, what comes next in addition to uh, what uh, what we just saw. It's uh, a little different, though, this year. Normally, we see, you yeah. see, you wrote down 19 games remaining, Neil. Mm-hmm. We don't. We know there might be more. There might be more games after that. That's Nineteen right. regular season games been. remaining. It was not specific enough. How far will we go? Well, we're going to talk about that on this week's show mm-hmm. and more. We'll look back. We'll look forward. We'll look sideways. We're going to play a game. We got a sponsor, and most importantly, we have a very illustrious special guest. Everybody, put your hands together and well, welcome uh, Wolf's Cast co-host Robert with an H. Ooh, welcome, great to be here, welcome, fellows. Welcome, Representing Roberts. the Tigers. <laughs> That's right. Always <laughs> To do that. Yeah, absolutely. Representing Farmington Tennis, go Tigers. Uh-huh. I know you guys are big swimmers, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, great to talk about some Wolves basketball, meaningful Wolves basketball, which has been in short supply. I know over the last uh, well, their entire existence, pretty much. I feel like this like three quarters uh, sort of mark of the season. We might in the past have been guilty of you know kind of ignoring this this episode because things are so bleak. By this point, usually always fun. Lots of energy for the quarter mark. Oh, we've already, we've done twenty games. Let's see halfway mark. Very big poll in the season. But when you get to the three fourths and you're not in the playoff mix and you're kind of just looking at lottery odds and stuff, it's not really as fun to sort of do the same exercise. Jeez, I just realized something. I haven't gone to Tankathon.com this year. <sighs> Crazy. Like oh, no. in the year 2022, I might have done it. You know, 2021, end of the year. Kind I know. Of thing, it's but like the- I have not been there. If I take T into my URL bar, a different URL might pre-populate than Tankathon. I'm sure, <laughs> uh, Trailblazers fans are making up for your. Lost. Hits. I know. I was gonna say there's some different teams in the in the tankathon yeah. race this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Blazers. Blazers only keep their pick if they miss the playoffs. So they're, Ooh, they're that, definitely gunning for that. Oh my yeah. gosh! Usually yeah. it's the time. Like normally we'd be talking about if this were any other year, we'd be like Anthony Edwards knee problem or are we just tanking? Is this the subtle tank to the end? Like, oh yeah, you got a sore knee. Why don't you just take the rest of the season off? But yeah, now I'm, we actually have to be worried about I it. I feel like another thing we're doing right around this part of time is like, oh March Madness. Who are the players? that we need to keep an eye oh, on yeah, who might yeah, be lottery call. picks. That's, a, no, that's year, a normal segment. I don't know like anybody's name. I know Chet Holmgren because he's from Minnesota, yeah. and he's apparently going to be like a lottery pick, but I don't know any of the other people. And I feel like I would have a better grasp on like the top five at least if like the Wolves were in that mix, but they're not. 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's been a rite of passage for Wolves fans to start checking in on college players. Even last year, the, we didn't even have our pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just in case we, we get up? top. Yeah, just yeah. in case we get top three. Who are those? <laughs> but it, I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to be experiencing that change though right now and actually be concerned with the on the court product yeah. as opposed to thinking ahead. Imagine that. Yeah. So. Uh, Things have been going well, continually going well. The Wolves uh, right now are thirty four and twenty nine, and um, and yeah, they're fifteenth in in defense, uh, eighth in offense for a net rating of twelfth. The defense to, keeps sliding. Yeah, Gotta shore that yeah, up a little bit. Offense is rising though. But, We're checking uh, out some new looks. 34? I heard uh, Krasinski was on the. Uh, podcast with low post yes exactly and he was talking about how the wolves are changing up some of their defense just to try Mm. different looks get different schemes so they can change it so they're being a little bit more experimental right now they know what they can do right exactly now they're trying to add some wrinkles for by the way was 34 the vegas over under i believe it was 34 and a half because they're always a half one so i think one more win and people who bet the over well it's always like Mm. when did you look which book did you look at like i feel like there's not one number we did it on this pod and the number was 34 and a half was the number we did on the pod. Mm-hmm. I picked the under, even though I believed things could be better. Scott, because wow. one, I, I thought we always pick the under, right? Yeah, it's like the Spurs. It's not you a all, bad you, you plan. bet with the Spurs, you would bet the over until uh-huh. they let you down. With yeah. the Tim Rolls, you bet the under until they let you down. And they let me down by winning too many games. So, you know, it's a very good it's thing. Like it's a lose lose for you. It's a win. win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, either the Tim Rolls are great or I win money. It's like lose oh, lose. I feel bad for you, man. Yeah. So, yeah, they're they're already at 34 wins and uh yeah, so pretty much everybody, everyone uh, you know, unless those optimistic few, maybe you bet it. Maybe you bet that over. Lucky you. Because they're going way over, right? There's, there's yeah. still 19 games. They got some, they got some soft, they got some soft uh, opponents coming up here. So there's lots of more opportunities uh, for some wins. There was a, also a mistake on my part in my prognostication. I saw the number of wins we got last year, and I'm like, wow, 34. We'd have to get like 10 plus oh. more wins. And forgetting that, yes, last year was a shortened season, so obviously there games. would be a lot yeah. more opportunities to reach 34 yeah. wins. But you have to look at the win percentage. I, it wouldn't have changed my logic. Bet on the under until they disappoint me, and now, now next year will be interesting. There when you we go. Talk over okay. under. Yeah, so let's uh, let's briefly kind of look at kind of the last little section of games that we've had the last quarter here potentially, and um, you know even even beyond that if we want. And you know I think you know the last um, twenty games or so has really been uh, you know really been about you know really what we just talked about as far as the offense kind of really rounding into form um, from kind of what the you know fans would have expected going into this year about being a very good offense and kind of a you know middling defense, and I feel like that is. That's kind of over. I mean, obviously, their number, those numbers we said, fifteenth on defense, eighth on offense. That takes into account the entire season. Yeah, you know, all sixty whatever. So games we, we've, we've basically been first on offense for the past twenty games. Yeah, to, to raise our rating up to eighth. So we've basically been leading the league in offense. It's not Ooh. hard to see why. Cat's obviously been on a tear. I mean, Ant is really the only one who's taken a step backwards. Mm-hmm. But Beasley's about up to his career number for three point shooting That's percentage. Huge, yeah. D'Lo these past two weeks has been a five alarm fire. Jaden McDaniels looks like he's got a real kind of a spunky second half going on in the offensive end in particular. And I mean, even like Tori and Prince, Jalen Noel had his great month, you know, during this quarter. Prince has been great. Prince has been so good. And that's really changed the whole complexion of the second unit. There's several games in the past week we won because of the bench. You know, Jordan McLaughlin is going like weeks without turning the ball over. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, and that's that really yeah that leads us into the sort of other thing that's huge is is really the bench play. You know, there's games here or there where you know you don't get much, but pretty consistently, especially over the last couple of weeks, the I feel like the bench has just been really really good, and and you know that bench plus D'Lo team, you know that they put out there, you know for most of the second and fourth quarters, like just so good, and it's just like there's not much of a drop off, and that's that's huge when you can get that, especially with how much the Bulls foul. You know, yeah, I was going like, to say you need to have need a it. solid bench when <laughs> well, guys was, are going out that early yeah. with foul trouble. Oh, especially Jaden, man, Jaden the cat. Yeah. yeah, everything every time he touches someone, but <laughs> it's like the Nikola Pekovic's first season. Where it's like <laughs> oh, he, he could, he could only log like five oh, minutes man. of game time before he fouled out. Every that's, touch that's was Nathan a, Knight's problem now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pat Bev's always guaranteed to have at least one like <laughs> sixty feet away from the the hoop, yeah. pressuring foul. Just yeah. a little overzealous. Looks incredulous at the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Wolves lead the league in fouls given in terms of, or I guess you could say we're not lead the league, Let's we're the worst it. in the league in terms of fouling people. We yeah. foul more than anyone. I think we team. lead the league in fans on Twitter complaining about <laughs> refs calling the game unfairly. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. I With was, all those whistles. I've been yeah. on this pod a few weeks uh, promoting that. <laughs> so <laughs> All uh, the whistles and like the history, I feel like you combine those two things and it's like, oh yeah, you yeah. be some upset people. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I mean, in the last week we got, I feel like we got a favorable whistle over some of these teams but uh Sixers man the refs I, I'm not gonna want to watch Sixers games in the playoffs you guys it's gonna go too slow mm. there's gonna be 80 free throws on the Sixers like side hour games it's gonna take forever I'm just not about it yeah there's almost no one on that team I really enjoy watching I mean Embiid when he's got it going is great and I, I even I'm even here for his antics but no, not with Harden. Not the two of them together. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, you know, talking about that bench depth, I mean, we saw with the Warriors game, This is we're recording this on Thursday night. Warriors was two nights ago. Yep. Um, we beat them, everybody. Whoa! Whoa. Uh, without good. Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, we'll talk about Ant's knee a little bit. Mm. But without Ant, you know, we slide Jaden into the lineup, and I feel like we don't even lose that much depth on the bench because then Jalen gets minutes, you know? Like, Jalen has kind of fallen out of the rotation. If everyone's healthy, he's the 11th man right now. And uh, that's really saying something because, uh, I mean, we've talked about this quarter was a quarter of us surging on offense and regressing on defense. So right now I get why Jalen is the 11th man. We want to add defense right now, not more offense. So, of course, Jalen's, you know, who's all offense and struggles on defense, he's going to be riding the pine a little bit. But it just goes to show you that even we can take a hit, like uh, losing our second or third best player, depending on how you view Ant and uh, still beat a top two team in the West. Yeah, I recall Jaylen that. Noel is a bucket. <laughs> I recall that being talked about going into the trade deadline. Like, do the Wolves have too much depth? You know, That's do you nice. need to shore it up a little bit and get you know like a eight or nine man rotation, and then someone goes down, and it's nice to have that depth to go to. And yeah, J- Jalen Noel's a guy that when he comes in, I feel like he's going to make good decisions. Uh, yeah, I've got confidence in it. Well, again, and he had that stretch. I mean, when, when in the COVID, in the Omicron days, when, like, the whole league was out and stuff, like, he was so good in that in that in The Greg stretch. Monroe game. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that was the Greg Monroe, Nate Knight, and Jalen Noel game. It was a career high that night. So it's like he got a lot of run in that time, and I feel like we even talked about it with, like, this is going to come in handy down the way. It's like even if these guys – aren't still playing consistently, it gives them the confidence to know that they can do it at the NBA level. You know, some of these guys who are just in the out of the G League and stuff, like or just rookies, young guys, like it is confidence for later in the season to where it's like, yeah, now just the other night, like you said, Scott, like Golden State game, ants out. We need Jalen to step up and, you know, it's not like he lit the world on fire, but he was be able to be capable 
and uh, you know get some buckets and, and do his thing. So I think that's going to bode well, and I think that's what we're seeing now for the depth. As long as people are healthy, it's like you know everyone's ready to go. Jalen's the kind of guy who can win you a quarter in the playoffs. Mm. You know, just come in and totally. be on yeah. fire for a quarter and take it over. That's all we need from you, Jalen. Eyes on the rise. Yeah. But, uh, I think another interesting part about this past quarter, it's something, you know, even with, like, there's been so many new things for Timberwolves fans. What? what? A team that's good at defense? What? Mm-hmm, defense mm-hmm. better than offense? There's mm-hmm. been so many things like that. And yeah. I think the strangest thing about the third quarter of the season has been the home uh, home field advantage, the home court advantage, something the Timberwolves mm-hmm. have never had. You know, it's been a joke <laughs> actually that we routinely play better on the road than we do at home. You know, the scoring we score way more on the road than we do at home. But for the first seven, eight games of the season, or for the new year in 2022, we kicked off the new year and won our next seven or eight at home straight. Wow. We dropped two now to the Sixers and the Raptors in the past two weeks, but still only have lost uh, two home games, I believe, since January 1st. And so, Target Center is becoming a place that teams don't want to come into not only because of uh, how good we play and D'Lo in particular plays really well at home but just because of the energy now ever since D'Lo got everyone to stand on their feet another you know event in the third quarter is that I've t- I can tell the energy is different in the arena just I haven't been to a game since then but I can just tell through the TV and I feel like if you've been watching it at home too you can tell that too because I mean it's a, such a stark difference from December when you know it'd be an Anthony Edwards dunk and then a cut to the crowd and there's a guy on his phone sitting down you know <laughs> whereas this this now, now the crowd is acting like a crowd that's cheering for a playoff team, and I couldn't be prouder. Yeah, yeah. Wolves are nineteen and twelve at home this year. So yeah, and Scott kind of floating in the ether with that is that it seemed like it always surprised me that well, I guess it didn't surprise me that a Wolves leader, quote unquote, over past years hadn't kind of implored the fans to do that because kind of the assumption was that any good player who was on the Wolves didn't want to be on the wolves and they were just looking forward to their next stop yeah. at a, you know, in a good market, a good team. And so it's kind of cool to actually have a, a good player who is actually like, yeah, I want the, I want our fans to be into it because I plan on being here. Yeah. I'm not you know? afraid to say I it. Think, not- I think some of the longer tenured wolves have been bitten by that. I remember there's times where like, we'll start nine and nine. And then we'll eventually finish in the lottery, and like Cat yeah. would be like, "We're nine and nine. The league needs to put respect on our name." And then also we go on like a twenty game losing streak. <laughs> so yeah. I get why some uh, longer tenured Tim rules might think twice about uh, ever feeling confident about you know the state of the team. But D'Lo, you know, I guess he's been on the team for like two and a half years or whatever. Now, yeah, but still, it's one of the longest tenured rules. Yeah, yeah, he has had some time to to feel it out. Only only Okogi and Cat have been on the team longer. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, so, you know, talking about Edwards, you know, we mentioned it a little bit as far as the, the depth goes, and, and, and that's kind of the, you know, that's something that has sprouted up in the last 20 games is, is the knee issue, the jumper's knee, the tendiopathy or whatever you call it in in Ant's knee. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it on the show before because it was really kind of more of a anecdotal thing, anecdotal thing. Um, <laughs> oh, they, nice. uh, you know, that was like, hey, and there was the whole, you know, Russell and Towns kind of t- basically telling him to suck it up or don't say that, don't say yeah. that out loud, don't say you're hurt. So there's all that drama. And then I was, I was just saying to Robert off mic before he got here, Scott, that it was, it's, it's too bad because like the All-Star break happened. And I think pre-All-Star break, most Wolves fans were thinking, and that's the rest he's going to need. He'll come back rejuvenated. But instead, it's kind of really been the opposite. He's come back and needed to be put on the shelf. Like, it's gotten worse. Um, so that's kind of one of the, the dark clouds, I think, that um, is something, you know, that's kind of covered up some of this last few games, but also could really affect the next 20 as we look forward as well. 
Yeah, it's been interesting because obviously something's off. His shots just not falling. The layups that are going in are just bouncing off the rim. It just seems like something is just a little bit off. And that's, and that's all enough. it takes. It's, it's just all a it little takes. bit. Even like his free throw shooting has been off. Right, mm, which is so weird because you can see him still playing really good defense. He still is, you know, hovering up steals like a vacuum cleaner, and mm-hmm. he also has a couple big dunks all the, you know here and there. And so you're like, wow, and he looks pretty healthy to me. But yeah. it's all the little things that I feel like are a little bit off. And we talked in a recent pod about his ankle turn whether that was driven by him overcompensating because he's trying not to put as much pressure on the knee maybe he's trying to run or jump a slightly different way and that can lead to other injury so that's my main concern but it does seem like it's something that he's uh, just got to kind of endure until the offseason so we got to hope that at the very least it doesn't get worse I think that us winning so many games right now it's put us into a good position where you know especially winning with against the Warriors without him it's got to make Ant feel a little bit more comfortable with making me taking a second game off because he knows that the team can persevere without him yeah playing with house money a little bit here I mean they got uh you know we'll talk a little bit more of this later but they got they got the Clippers chomping at their heels right now so we'll see but hopefully Ant can uh pull out some of that uh, healing powers that he might have Feel like Black Jesus save himself potentially there. Yeah, um, and I just hope that I hope that the Wolves are shrewd enough to be like, okay, we're not going to push this. This guy's the cornerstone. We don't want this to get worse. Like we don't want this to pushing him for the remainder of this. Yeah, this playoff He's run in year. to influence. Yeah, to you influence like a Brandon Roy situation or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. So I mean, making the playoffs and trying to get as high as you can in terms of seating is great. Uh, but I hope I trust that the Wolves brass is going to be responsible in bringing him back in a, a smart way, which is, I think really cool. I feel like we haven't talked a lot about this this year, especially like with the trade deadline that passed and everything, but I think we got to continually give it up for uh Sasha Gupta and the job he's done this year. Um, you know, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they signed that, that extension with Beverly, like that's something he had to do, but He's in an interim position. I mean, not officially, but, you know, there will be a, a, a Pobo search here at the end of the summer. And, you know, there could be some – he could be more aggressive with some of this stuff, you know, especially some of this win-now stuff, some of this, you know, injured ant-like kind of thing. And, you know, I guess we're saying now that's literally affecting his game, so it's better to ice him or whatever. But I think it's really telling of how um, sort of responsible he is and how good of hands the Wolves are in, even in this sort of nebulous middle ground between having an official Pobo of having someone who can take care of business and be again responsible with things and not just push 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 because then hey maybe I can keep my job like that's that's uh I forget what they call it that's like one of those you know weird phenomenons where it's just a bad position to be in where you're GMing for your job or whatever it's yeah like, he didn't make a move just for the sake like what of New Orleans did this Bill, year Bill you know? Simmons exactly, used yeah. to talk about this a lot that Ooh. there's nothing more dangerous than a GM on the hot seat because <laughs> you make a panic trade trade a bunch of first round picks for a player best case scenario you keep your job worst case scenario you're not around to suffer from yeah, those what picks do not I care about what do I care about two first round picks right. from like 2027 right. or 2029 so Gupta, Gupta could have easily been like let me make a big trade. Let me trade a first-round pick for C.J. McCollum. Yeah. And then even if the Wolves don't keep me on my job interviews, I'll be like, hey, did you see that trade I did where I got C.J. McCollum to Minnesota? You know, it could be a feather in your cap even if you don't stick around like, with the Wolves. Gupta probably has a less than 50% chance of retaining the position. Like, I would argue that right now. Like, not because he doesn't deserve it, but just I think that they'll probably just search for a bunch of people and there'll be a flashier hire they'll go with. Maybe it's not that too much lower than that. But just knowing that, you would think, yeah, it's human nature. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to raise this up to like 60% or 70% of me keeping my job. But he didn't do it. 
and I really appreciate it. And I actually think, hopefully, in a weird way, that helps him keep his job. Yeah. You know, they actually look back on that and say, "Yo, you 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 kind of bucked the trend here, and actually, like, we're responsible with this when it wasn't your job yet." Well, I think it's funny, or not funny, haha, but more like interesting that you brought up the idea that maybe we go for a flashier thing. It's not like coaches. There's not like a ton yeah. of GMs who are flashy. There's a couple. You know? yeah. yeah, like yeah. Masai. You get Masai yeah. Ujiri. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, yeah. A, there's like a handful that would be like big gets, right. but there's yeah. not a lot of them. It's like, hey guys, Jerry Colangelo's coming back. He's going to be our GM. Like nothing like that's going to happen. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, or, or yeah, like uh, you know, some disciple of of one of those people, you right? Know, exactly, like, uh, Zanuck or whoever, you know, the guy in the, or the guy in the Hawks GM, you know, like one of these guys where it's like they're usually like the assistant GM of one of the big right. hot guys, and then you don't really know their name that well or whatever. So, so yeah, I, we'll I, see. I, I, you're absolutely right. Who knows if Gupta will be back? It probably is about a 50 50 uh, chance, but I think uh, another big change this past quarter I look at the you know last 20 21 games we played longest losing streak two games two games you were thinking, you know, earlier in the season we were talking about, oh, we had a five-game losing streak. But we had a five-game winning streak. And that's just a sign of a team that doesn't let the losses derail them anymore. And I think, like, a lot of these losses were on the road and kind of against, like, the back-to-back on the road against the Warriors and the Suns. Like, that's kind of an understandable two-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. But uh, did never let it get to three. And I think uh, I heard some people talking about this. I think I saw Britt Robb tweet about it, about how the chemistry is so much good and how the guys, like, Coach Finch was asked, like, how do you know chemistry is good for a team? And he says when they show up to the arena expecting to win. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really feel like mm-hmm. the Wolves are like that now where it's not like, oh, we got a shot. I feel like the Wolves have really do have this mindset of like, oh, we're winning this game tonight. And that that just goes to show. I mean, we had a five-game winning streak in the last 20 games, but only a two-game losing streak. And that's a that's a tough mindset, a nice, uh, tough mentality that I like to have in my team. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at these last 21 games, and there's really not – I mean, I guess you could say the Kings loss, that one. It was back-to-back, so, though. It was the second, Sabonis second night was oh, debuting. Trade deadline Sabonis game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking for, like, what's a, this last quarter of games, yeah. what's a bad loss. Yeah. And there really hasn't been. I mean, the Kings one is probably the closest one. Yep. I mean, the Hawks, maybe, because they didn't really bring it in that Hawks I, I game. Felt like, I felt like A lot also, of good wins, though. Well, the Hawks game was the one where I reinstated the referee-hating club because they ah. ejected... They injected Edwards with back-to-back tees on, on just one like one outburst he had. They teed him up twice and threw him out of the game. And it that was, was like the same night that uh, Jokic like got in the face of the ref yeah, too, was, and they only got one tech. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the Hawks game. I'll remember for the bad refereeing, but the Bulls game. I feel like we could have won, but it was also just you got to remember Demar-, Demar Derozan was on fire during that stretch. Like Crazy. what he did in the fourth quarter of that Bulls game still just makes me shake my head when I think about it. Yeah, and then finally, I think one of the other things, you know, and this kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, kind of expecting to win and kind of not letting, you know, these streaks kind of get out of hand or whatever is just the ability to take control in crunch time. I think a lot of that has been D'Angelo Russell, frankly, you know, making shots and kind of being in control. I mean, think about that Memphis game um, last week. Um, He was huge in the fourth quarter. And just the, you know, it's kind of, it's really what uh, what would you bring a guy like that in for? And it's kind of weird because in the past, the Timberwolves, weren't in that many late games and yeah. they weren't even obviously weren't a playoff contender so it's like why do you have this like closer guy but um now it's really coming into play where it's like these games matter and like yeah these these couple games you get here or there because of a good fourth quarter from one player is the difference between getting the seven or the eighth seed and that kind of thing so yeah. we're seeing that crunch time winning coming into play which is cool yeah cat had uh, the kill shot in the Cavs game but it was also another delo fourth quarter that really mm. caught us yeah. up in that game too yep. so yeah just coming from behind you know in the fourth quarter being down like there was a streak this 
past week or two where, I mean, Ben's was talking about how the Wolves had been down by double digits every first quarter for like five games straight. Oh, and we yeah. won most of those games. And so it's just like, you know, you don't want to get down. But, uh, you know, the ability to not, you know, shut down as a team and fight your way back is obviously a positive sign. Yeah. yeah. There was a stretch there where you couldn't really say that the Wolves had like a like a complete game. Mm-hmm. But they were still winning, you know, like That's three huge. quarters of their games. And so there's something to be said for that, for like, hey, we didn't play our best, we had some lapses, but still ended up pulling it out. And that's not something you could say uh, for previous years. So, well, I think yeah, very encouraging. It also reminds me of another thing Krasinski said on the low post, which is that another reason the defense intensity has been turned down a little bit is people were wearing out. And, you know, like it happened to totally. Ant, it happened to Vando before the All-Star break. And so he said that, you know, we know we can dial it back up again in the playoffs, but maybe the best interest of this team is not to be 100% on defense for the remaining 30, 20 games, you know, now only yeah. 19 games. Well, remaining, it allows so. you to experiment before the playoffs, too, like we're talking about. And I think you saw that a little bit in, in the Cleveland game. They started off switching everything in the beginning of that one. And then Cleveland really kind of picked that apart and it didn't really work that well. So they kind of went back to a little bit more of a conservative approach and they were able to win that game there. So even within a game, you can see different, you know, you know, different uh, strategies come into play. Um, while we're still talking, before, before we get to the forward thinking stuff, just sort of a more, you know, off the court type of thing. What do you guys, what has your experience been this year with being a fan of a Wolves team that is a good team? Because, you know, we experienced this a few years ago with the Jimmy Butler situation and, you know, making the playoffs, being a, what, 48-win team? I forget how many they won that year. It was 47. Yeah, yeah under, the, under 50, above 45. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that year, again, we've already – it's kind of been talked about a lot how that year was different and there was a different kind of vibe. Even though they were good, it wasn't like, quote-unquote, fun. And, you know, Jimmy was like the alpha and it wasn't really like a whole – he was just like such a superstar that year. What was he, second team All-NBA or third team? I think him and Cap both got third team or something. Yeah. But, like, it didn't feel like it does now where it's like a whole team effort and it's about the coach and it's about the bench and stuff like that. So this is definitely more fun. But I don't know. Have you guys had any experiences with other people in your life who are suddenly like on the Wolves bandwagon? Or do, are, you, are there more people who are being like, yo, the Wolves, like people who don't normally bring it up because they're always bad? Like, There's a there's a couple people in my life who would always make fun of me for being a Wolves <laughs> fan. Like, what? You're a Timberwolves <laughs> fan? You watch every game and all that? And now it's a little bit more like, okay. Okay, you're a yeah. Wolves fan. Like I kind of empathize with like Cubs fans, you know, who had all those years of like, you know, your your team is the butt of a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, this year has been, it's almost been kind of difficult in that you feel like the Wolves and their fans are kind of fighting the their past. <laughs> you know, like you keep Great waiting for it. the you keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh-huh. Like when are the Wolves gonna wolf again? You know. <laughs> And the wolf again. No, yeah, it's very yeah. true. I feel that way all the time. Yeah, and and I wonder if guys like Cat are are feeling that too. Where like, hey, I've only ever been with the Timberwolves. We've, the one year that we were good, it was because we had you know this outside guy Jimmy mm-hmm. come in. That was the that was the storyline with that. And now it's like we have this is like my team, and I've got all these other guys, and we're kind of doing it the right way, and it's fun. But you know, you're fighting all this history of this inept organization. <laughs> and, you know, I feel that as a fan who's been, you know, a fan for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever. And, you know, it's it's a good battle to have, you know, because you got to exercise these demons eventually yeah. if you're going to actually be relevant. 
Um, but it's not without its kind of anxiety. Though. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting point because, yeah, like Cat and D'Lo are both guys who are far enough in their career right now and have only been to one playoff series each. They understand how hard it is to get there and how they've never reached that next level of respect because they haven't been able to get there. So I feel like instead of letting that you know, intimidate them. They've really been, I think it's been propelling Cat to be like, you know, people are like, oh, is Ant taking too many shots? Cat doesn't care who's getting the attention. Cat doesn't care who's being the poster child of the Timberwolves because he is just so happy to be winning again. Same with D'Lo. He doesn't care when he gets his shots. You know, he's just so grateful to be winning. So I think those guys are really embracing it like that. Whereas a guy like Pat Bev, it's just normal. He's been in the playoffs every year of his career. So it's just, you know, normal. Maybe that's kind of veteran leadership helps with that, with him to have that attitude. Like, yeah, it's, we're going to the playoffs. We do it every year. But and then I think about Ant and for Ant, this is just like, he talked about how Rosas had the four year plan for him when they met before the draft, mm. like year one, we're going to focus Sorry. on this year two. I think for Ant, this is just like the plan coming together year one. Ah, we missed the playoffs, but we made a good run at the end of the year once we got Coach Finch. Year two, we're making the playoffs. Years three, we're making the second round. Like, and must just be like, this is just the plan unfolding. That's how it works. Step by step. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. he's he's uh, blissfully ignorant of all this <laughs> Yeah, stuff. and so and we got a handful of young guys on the team who are kind of in that same boat. And so I do think that, though, from the fan perspective, it's very different from the Jimmy Butler thing because, yeah, I mean, obviously that season had so much more weight because it had been 13 seasons mm. since we had been to the playoffs. So it was really just a break glass, an emergency. We have to get in you know we have to make it yeah. um but a lot of that was like yeah we brought in a bunch of it was a very starter heavy team and we brought in That's like right. taj gibson uh jeff teague jimmy butler so guys who weren't on the team before and they played a heavy role in getting us there whereas this team it's like basically everyone on the team now was on the team last year <laughs> and you know so these are all mm-hmm. been players like we said yeah i mean cat and okogi are the longest tenured but like we said russell's been here for two and a half years so we really have seen this team kind of grow into the role and i think that makes it even more special for Wolves fans yeah yeah and I think too, it's it's yeah with the with the expectations and everything. It's it's so weird because yeah, the, like you said, the Wolves fans, the Wolves fans are kind of scared and oh, they don't <laughs> want to admit that the playoffs are coming. I, I personally feel like I am beyond that now. I don't know about you guys, but I no longer have that like fear of like don't not yet, don't don't say it yet. But I feel like due to how well the team has played. What we were saying before about the confidence in these games to win the games and to actually show that you're not going to go weirdly on an eight-game losing streak or something like that, and the fact that like the standings are what they are. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, still something gnarly could happen and someone wins 10 games in a row and someone loses 10, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. So I am out of the zone of feeling like uh, jinxing the the playoffs or, or something like that. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll lose both games in the play in the play in and not actually make a series. That would be terrible. But whatever. But like I, I I think so much has gone well this year that for me personally I don't have many of those sort of don't jinx this anxieties that maybe we had even earlier in this season. We're like wait 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 till we have more of a sample. We can't say this is a good defensive team yet. Because that, yeah, you're right. That's just natural for Wolves fans with how long it's been inept, as, as Robert said. So I personally am feeling better about this guy. I feel like you are the most like, uh, you know, superstitious, superstitious about. Yeah. Do you, are some of that still hanging on? Or are you still? I mean, do do, 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 you, do, you, do you, will you admit that the Wolves are going to make the playoffs this year? Uh, I won't admit it until <laughs> okay. like halfway through next season. You okay, know, okay, like okay. like I said before, like it, it'll be yeah. well into next year before I trust that this year's team was legit. Just because I'm that superstitious. So the about second it. half of the show is gonna be do, tough for you. I do feel a lot better after these last four games I remember yeah. oh we're everyone was raining their hands over the all-star break oh the next four games are against the Grizzlies the Sixers the Cavs and the Warriors and that and we'll go over the future schedule it's a little easier for the next week or two uh, but we we're like oh man we could be you know 
know, eight seed or maybe even outside the playoffs if we really we won three or four. One without Anthony Edwards. So it's just like this team is starting to feel a little bit more legit to me. Like that idea of what I spoke about earlier of like they're coming to the arena ready to win. And just seeing, I haven't visualized it until I spelled it all out, that they had, they've only had a two-game losing streak in the past yeah. 21 games. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling a lot more confident, but less and confident. Finch, than right? Finch is like running this whole thing. It's like we trust Finch right now pretty heavily. And it's like, that guy can't get injured. That guy is like, right? Like, that's not going to be some weird absence. Like, he's going to be running this thing. So, I, I don't know. I, I trust him quite a bit with what he's done this year. So, really, it's more than totally. that. It's almost more than the Finch and, the, and that more than the players. Hey, Tom, I'm, I was knocking on the desk, wood desk for you because, <laughs> yeah, we've had coaches die on us before. So, oh, let's, not, let's, let's not tempt fate with the Finchy we'll here. We'll see. Okay. All right. <laughs> Anything is possible. He's going to get some coach of the year votes. He's not going to win it, but he'll get some. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's do our sponsor, and then we are going to talk about the future, future, future. Um, let's see what uh, what sort of a incredible, prestigious sponsor we have uh, here today for us. Are you looking for an exciting new career in the sports industry? Well, look no further because the Minnesota Timberwolves are looking to hire new team members for the Target Center camera and lighting crew. Have you ever wanted to sit courtside at a Timberwolves game? Well, here's an opportunity to do it every game. As a game day camera person, you'll have baseline seats that are so courtside, your butt will actually be touching the court. Capture exciting NBA action 41 nights per season, with the opportunity to be retained for the even more exciting Minnesota Lynx season. Duties and responsibilities of the position include Capture high-definition footage of Timberwolves players in action from flattering angles. Conversely, use of unflattering angles will be required for visiting opponents. Gingerly catch any falling Timberwolves player and then gently and promptly return them to the game action. Stick out your elbows and knees whenever an opponent falls on you. Fall on top of them or tangle them up with your legs to provide a power play for the Timberwolves. Proactively avoid capturing shots that can be used to overturn calls against Timberwolves opponents. Required qualifications. Strong muscles and wide arms to catch and return Timberwolves players to action. Soft wardrobe to prevent discomfort of any Timberwolves player who crashes into you. Tough skin to endure potential social backlash if your camera injures an NBA superstar. Functioning eyesight. Preferred. Additional comments. To protect the safety of Target Center camera people, Dennis Rodman will not be allowed within 50 feet of any member of the Target Center camera crew. Interested applicants can apply through the job listings on the Minnesota Timberwolves LinkedIn profile. While you're there, endorse the Timberwolves profile for the professional skills, forcing turnovers, family-friendly halftime entertainment, or persevering through hard times. Thank you to the Minnesota Timberwolves for their support of Wolvescast. All right, time to look forward. We got uh, 19 more regular season games. It's not enough. I'm like... There's no baseball going on, and they're like canceling the season right now. And I just like I know we're going to get some playoff games, but 19 is just a scary low number. Like I'm not ready to be it's without by this fast. team. Right. I'm not ready to be without them. Plus, you have to subtract the games that Bally doesn't want to show you oh, on, yeah. on your app. Mm. So there's probably like more like 17 for you. <laughs> it's such a great point. God, yeah, I hate yeah. them. <laughs> but yeah, we got uh, 19 more regular season games, and uh, don't look now, but the potential play-in game is less than six weeks away. <gasps> wow, it's coming up here quick and uh yeah so we got to look forward to to what might be happening here scott you alluded to it earlier the next few weeks are are soft pillowy soft here yeah i mean our next uh let's see six games we got okc soft portland portland soft okc again soft orlando 
for some reason they've been kicking our butts at least once a season. So I'm not, uh, I'm not, but Orlando should be. So. They already got us once. So Miami, which you know that'll be a tough one, but we play well in Miami. You know we beat it's Jimmy true. Butler there already, and then San Antonio Spurs. So I mean, right there, that's a bunch of teams that are below us in the standings. All of those teams are below us in the standings except Miami. So we should win most of those. Then the Lakers, who are who are really struggling. Then we get the tough hand reigning portion of the schedule again. We got <laughs> Milwaukee, they're great. Dallas playing amazing. Phoenix injured right now. I saw Booker's in the health and safety protocols, oh. but he'll probably be back by then. Uh, we got another Dallas game. They're playing great. Boston's playing great. Toronto kicked our butts. Denver, that could be an important game for us. You know, totally. that's that's a tiebreaker. Fifth to last game of the season. So you know, depending on where Denver is in the standings, that could be important. And then we finish out the season with a nice pillowy <laughs> schedule of Houston, Washington. San Antonio Spurs and a Chicago team that will hopefully be resting their guys for the playoffs at that point. So yeah, those are those are some that's an interesting schedule. And I did hear on the broadcast, it wasn't the last game, but I think it was two or three games ago. Ben said something like the Bulls have like the second hardest like strength of schedule remaining. And it's, I, it's I, a I find real, that hard to believe. Here's here. the thing about that because I was in, was it with those last four? Exactly. Or something? I was yeah. getting into this in Wolves Reddit where they were like, oh, because it it cha- at this point in the season it changes so dramatically depending There's on so few games. Yeah, so we went right. from having like one of the hardest ones when we had those four teams that were really good ahead Playoff of us. Teams, and yeah. now I'm sure if I looked it up, we'd have one of the easier ones on the schedule. But or then the middle, yeah. we'll play the next five or six easy games, like I said, and then we'll have one of the toughest ones in the league again. So at this point, it's just so up and down. It's really hard to like take too much away from that. Just, at this point, you can just look at the opponents and make your own mind up about the strength of the schedule. It kind of looks like they basically have like 50% you know, non-playoff teams and then like 50% against, you know, teams that are pretty good and going to be in the playoffs. So, you know, going 500 here would, would be uh, would be pretty good, I think. You know, winning 10 of those games, you know, going 10-9 and nine in the last 19 would be would be huge. But the Wolves are 44 wins on the season. That would be that would be something special. But That's even a little less than uh, the projections are predicting right yeah, now, aren't yeah, they? I think let, so. me, uh, let me ask this. If the Wolves were to make a run at the sixth seed, Ooh. Over the last 19 games, what kind of record do you think they would need to have? Let's see, like 19 14 games. and 5? Probably 14. Yeah, probably 14 wins that they would need, okay. I think. Because I think their last, like, 19, 20 games, they've gone like that. The they've issue is right that Denver that and Dallas are 8-2 and two in their last 10 and playing so well. Yes. You know, like, if one of those teams was like, yeah, but I don't know how Denver I honestly Denver think is, with that, I think we might, right now we're two and a half games behind Denver, Denver. three and a half behind Dallas. The... We might have a better chance at catching Dallas just because we play them twice. Interesting. We sweep those. Yeah. That could doesn't matter. That's a that's a full game opportunities to get a full game twice. Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking probably 14, 14 and five. And I which, wonder if they have the know. tiebreaker against either of those teams because it could end up in a tie. That would be crazy. Denver, I think right now we're we, two and one against Denver. Yep, we're two and one against okay. Denver. I don't know what we are against the Mavs. So then you got to win that one or lose, two, and then have the better like point differential, or maybe it goes to like um, division Divi- schedule or something like that. Like I wonder what the second thing is. That that'll be for another another show later in the season, but. But the point stands that there is a possibility at the sixth seed. I, you know, if the team continue plays even better than they have recently, and you have an injury or you have some sort of downturn for Dallas or or Denver, it's not out of the not out of the question. We're just kind of running out of games to make up that much ground. Um, so I, I think it's pretty. It's it's more of the safe bet to say the Wolves are going to either be the seven or eight seed mm-hmm. in the playoff picture. But uh, as I mentioned before, the Clippers are are right on our heels. I believe they're a game and a half right now behind the Wolves. And that, but that's without Paul George and Kawhi. It's like it's crazy. Ty Lue is so good. Like Ty Lue is 
such a such a good coach, and you know he's had that team playing so well. Despite you know they got they got a bunch of solid guys on that team, so but we, nobody is supposed to lead a team. We know the Clippers have uh, the season series won against us. Yes. So tiebreaker implications there. <laughs> I looked it up though. Dallas one and one on the oh, season. one and one. Okay, so we're tied. So we we got only two have more games three? with them. Or do I see? Yep. We got two more games against them, so we could win the season or series and get that tiebreaker. That would be nice. Those games are going to be enormous. They're playing so well though right yeah, now. It's yeah, yeah. Hard, hard to picture, but we're playing really well right now too. That's right. We got three teams all all uh, going for that five six seven and you know i think i saw a funny post on tim rolls reddit which i like to clown on but they have good memes and it was uh you know the shrek one where he's like can you be quiet for five minutes and he yells at donkey and it's shrek has the tim rolls logo on his face and he's like can you stop winning for five minutes and it shows the donkey and he's got the denver face the dallas face and the clippers face you know and it's just like uh yeah guys this is what happens at the end of a season is the bad teams become worse they they rest Tank. their players they go into tanking mode and so like a team that was winning like 60 percent of their games starts winning like 70 to 80 percent of their games down the stretch because they're just playing teams that have folded in it for the season yeah so I mean, we'll benefit from that you know oh, yeah. again we will see a lot of those teams in the next week or so and then hopefully yeah like you're saying at the end of the season scott there's even some maybe like good teams who are jockeying for position not even to rest their guys but to get a bet nowadays it's like oh we're going to lose three of our games so we get the better matchup yeah. so we avoid milwaukee or whatever so it's like who knows the end of the season is going to be wild and um, it's really fun. You know, obviously it's fun to be, you know, in position to make the playoffs. But again, like we're talking about at the beginning of this episode, it's great to just have re- relevant basketball because, again, so many seasons are just like, oh, man, now we're just looking at prospects and the actual results of the game stop mattering. It's a really sad time <laughs> looking at March Madness and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like, to, we're not going to uh, have that. Whatever happens, we're not going to have that. I used year. to do the opposite thing where I'd look at the Wolves' remaining schedule and be like, Okay, we should lose. Yeah. The race like, to the bottom. The race to the bottom. Like, look at all the other teams around us schedule and be like, wow. Well, we got two we scary games go. that could be a W. Yeah, but. we should go like three and ten here. Maybe two and yeah. eleven. God, I hope know? Cat like, doesn't break out for a game and get really hot. Yeah, if we're yeah. lucky, we'll lose this whole week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We're, we're we're more comfortable with that. We have a lot more experience in being right. fans of a bad team. Though this is like our second time being fans of a playoff bound team that, like, in the last ten. That 10 kind years. of stuff like constitutes like good Wolves content. Usually at the end of the season, yeah, it's like totally. analyze the yeah the race to the bottom and see how how the Wolves could possibly get the five the fifth worst record instead of the fourth or the sixth yeah. or something. It's like <laughs> oh man, we got two games so against Houston. They're below us in the standings. This is going to be huge matchups. We got to lose both those games to Houston. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. such a difference. It's so much more fun to be like the games matter, watching the other games. And again, the same thing. It's not you're not just hoping for other teams to who are in the race to the bottom to win. Yeah. You're now hoping <laughs> for like Dallas and Denver to lose some games. What a difference. What a whole different thing that is. So yeah. So so many uh changes here um, you know, at the end of the season. So yeah, so we're talking about um so let's again let's game this out and, and assume that the Wolves will be in the playoff in the play in mix. Um, you know, maybe they can't quite get up to that six seed. So they do have to be involved in the play-in. It seems certain that the four teams in some sort of order will be Wolves, Clippers, Pelicans, and Lakers. Uh, That would be my prediction of the order that would go from from top to bottom like that. Um, But I don't know. So I believe the way it works is seven plays eight and and, uh, nine plays ten. And then uh, the winner of seven, eight, hey, you're in. You're the seven seed. And then uh, that eight, that uh, the loser of seven eight gets one more chance. They get home court advantage. They get home court. 
advantage yep. to play the winner of 10 and 11. So basically double elimination for those 7 and 8 seeds. Um, so the Wolves would be in a good position, you know, either as the 7 or the 8 seed. I think the biggest difference is you just get home court advantage, right? So, um, and again, apparently that matters to the Timberwolves now. Uh-huh. The Wolves have some fans who like to stand up and cheer. Um, but I don't know. How do you guys think about those potential matchups against either, whether it's the Clippers in a 7-8 in a seven eight or, you know, maybe the Pelicans get to come up in there? Who who would you like? Who's the softest matchup in, in that play-in group for the Wolves, and who would you not like to see as far as those play, play-in teams? Go. I know we got a couple. You know, we got five weeks to go, but I think it's still interesting to talk about because we kind of know it's going to be those four teams. They all scare me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, let's, let's, let's speak it out Even loud, the real Pels, quick. Yeah, uh, the four teams matchup. you're talking about are Clippers at eight. Yep. And then Lakers and Pels. Lakers and Pels. We're not worried about the Blazers or the Spurs. Uh, I think the no, Blazers. I, I think the Blazers are on their way out. They're in tank mode. Maybe the Spurs can yeah. catch some fire. But even then, it's like, what are we talking about? Like, Pirtles are best player. Like, I don't know. I think all three of these teams are dangerous for different reasons. The Clippers have owned us this season so far. So yep. there's that. Of course, they don't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. But if there's a play-in they game could, and Paul yeah. George or Kawhi Leonard gets healthy and comes back, that can be a really scary Norman matchup. Norman Powell also out for them right now. He could come back. And then the Lakers have been playing like doo-doo lately. Just a doo-doo. team that has collapsed. Like they, they are falling apart before our eyes. I don't know if they're even going to be in the play-out in com- conversation. They're 3-7 and seven in the last 10. And they want no part terrible. of it. They lay organizationally want no part of the playoff. Rightfully so. Right, they got out of that. They're they're retooling for next year. Yeah. I'd be shocked. So yeah, and, but once again, the argument is like, yes, you would want to play the Lakers. They're, they're playing so poorly. They're playing the worst of the three teams that we're talking about right mm-hmm. now. But if you're gonna have a one game, uh, do or die game, do you want LeBron James to be on the other side of that? Nope, nope, nope. Even nope. assuming Anthony Davis isn't there, he could be. But like, winner take all game. I don't want to play LeBron. No, I saw, way. I saw no. him stunned before. No. So and then the Pelicans are the team that's arguably playing the best right now. They're uh, six and four in their last. 10 have been really on a streak since we beat them earlier in the season. We got to play them during their poor stretches. You know, we're two and one against them. So uh, I believe, or maybe we're three and one, but either way, uh, Pelicans are looking great. There's a rumor, a hint on the chance of the wind that Zion could play. I feel like they're probably better if they don't try to incorporate Zion yeah. this late into the season, yeah. but they've just really found something with uh, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram's playing wonderful. And then my biggest thing is that Jonas Valanciunas has just Ooh. been a cat killer this Ooh. year, you know, like, oh yeah. It's like that Netflix that documentary, gonna... Don't Kill Cats on the Internet or whatever it's called. Like, man, Jonas is just he's just getting cat into all this foul trouble because he's so big, you know, there'll, yeah. also, there'll also be a lot of like, in, like, uh, you know, you know, off uh, tech technical fouls. Yeah, in that yeah, game. A, lot, exactly. a lot of referee, uh, you know, type so, of stuff. Yeah, out there. of those. Oh my God! Out of those three, like which ones? I mean, as of today, you have to make the call. Like, which one would you most want to see in a playoff game? I, I guess I, w- I guess I would say Pelicans. I would too. Just because I'm assuming AD would also be in that Lakers game if we're talking mid-April, and the Clippers, like you said, they scare me because they can. They, their scheme has always been on point. You know, they were the first ones to really, you know, leave Vando alone and muck up Cat and all this stuff. And I think the Wolves are better prepared to deal with different schemes right now. But uh, yeah. I just with the potential guys that could be coming back, even if you just say Norm Powell and uh, Paul George for the Clippers and AD for the Lakers, I'd rather take the Pels even with the, the big bruising Latvian. I think he's yeah. Latvian, right? I think, so, yeah. I think with all the information I have today, it doesn't sound like Paul George or Kawhi are going to get better. No, I don't worry about Kawhi. Yeah. So I would I would pick the Clippers over Clips. the Pelicans, but okay. it's close. I could I definitely see the logic you guys are using, and I understand it. Uh, Rob, uh, I take the Pelicans, even though. You know, like the all season, the Wolves have been terrible at defensive rebounding. I feel like 
all of those uh, all those New Orleans games are they've just gotten crushed. Yeah, her bones and yeah, Valanciunas has been the main guy who's been putting up like twenty rebounds and yeah. stuff and just nine offensive and that sort of thing. And so, the Clippers and Lakers play a, tough a little matchup. smaller, I think. You know, Clippers is like Zubac and like Marcus Morris and like they don't have a Baca. I guess they have Hartenstein. I do I feel like now Cat has gotten better at you don't see him like pounding away down in the post quite as much. He's yeah. catching up at the top yeah. and he's driving, which is probably a better option against, against Valanciunas. Yeah. 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 Or yeah, or against the Clippers. Yeah. He's kind of changed around his game a little bit. And so maybe those earlier season kind of strategies won't be quite as effective, hopefully. Because those Clippers losses were just brutal to watch Cat just getting doubled and turning the ball Ooh. over and trying to pass out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. But yeah, I like the Wolves right now for for all these games, especially if they're in the seven eight and they don't have to only win one or they can only just win one, you know? Like I think it'd be really hard for them to lose two in a row. I mean totally possible. I mean that's what's fun about the play in situation is that you're gonna have upsets and you're gonna have this stuff happen and it would be tough to see the Wolves go out out like that but i just think even on the road against like the clippers wherever they have to play like i think i would i would be very confident with the wolves being the better team again it's hard because you don't know who's coming back for any of these these teams but i like their chances you know they've, they've kind of proven that they can win a number of ways i think the defense will will serve them well in a game like this like it's not like shooting luck where it's like sometimes if the shots are falling sometimes they're not like the Wolves are at least an average defense and can get those steals and get in transition. So I would like them in a one in a one uh, one off game against all these teams. But yeah, certain certain ones scare me more than others. Certainly, one thing I'll say about the potential Lakers matchup, I would love to for the Wolves to be a part of like that narrative of like the Lakers, what went wrong, you know, like season from hell, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, you end up losing in Minnesota. Yeah, even though like if the if the Wolves did beat the Lakers in a playing game. The story wouldn't be like, oh, the upstart wolves, you know, finding the next next up and coming <laughs> Lakers team. collapse. It, Lakers collapse. Yeah, exactly. So yes. yeah, I'd still take it because, you know, I'm not a fan of the Lakers. But, you know, from the storyline perspective, if they beat the Pelicans, it would be much more about the Wolves than if they beat the Lakers. And with the Clippers, it's going to be like, oh, they were missing their two top guys. Yeah. And sort of, you know, they did what they could with what they had. So. It's interesting from that kind of narrative standpoint, though. I looked up the first two games we played against the Pelicans this year. And one of them, Jonas, was 20 points, 17 rebounds. <laughs> and the other one, he had 21 points. Or, excuse me. He had 22 points and 23 rebounds. <sighs> yeah. Monster. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. They're going to deal with, uh, have to deal with him. Um, anything else? What else, are we, what else are we looking forward to? I want to shout out where, something real yeah, quick. Please, I put Scott, it in the please. doc. Yeah. I remember asking you this on the pod, Neil, and it was a real, real, real moment. When we had Chris Finch, we hired him. He lost his first game. I asked you on the pod, <laughs> will Chris Finch ever have a positive coaching record? Or is he doomed to always have a losing coaching record now? Because we've seen it with so many Timberwolves coaches. They dig themselves in a pit, and then they can never, ever, ever get back to 500. Chris Finch is now 50-54 and 54 as a coach. That's a 480 winning percentage, 48% win percentage. So four more wins. And Chris Finch will be 500 as a coach. It's like second in Wolves history. Yeah, right? yeah, coaching, no, that is definitely. Yeah. There, there's yeah. only one coach in Wolves history who has a winning <laughs> coaching record. I wonder what we said uh, a year ago. You know what I mean? I wonder how like certain we were that there would be no above 500 for him or if we gave him a chance. I was very certain. I think you were a little bit more skeptical, but we could look it up. We could, we could dig up that clip <laughs> and post it on Twitter. Yeah, because I'm so Find proud out. of him. I'm so proud of him. I thought I that, you know, he was going to just fall into the curse and he's really, he's really proven himself. I think, you know, I think we probably will think of him the most like in five years when we look back at this season. 
I feel like unless something crazy happens, we'll think of him because it's not like any one Timberwolves player has really exceeded. You know, I think it's been all of the Wolves sort of best players like kind of being a little bit better than they were last year by a little bit rather than like Ant totally breaking out or like Russell having the best season of his career. It's like they've all been solid, but like Chris Finch has been to me as the season has gone along, like the guy who has really put this all together. And I feel like I give him most of the credit to put all these other guys in position to succeed. I think we'll think about this as a Chris Finch season. I think you're absolutely right. The only other guy I think who will get into that conversation is I remember uh, Beverly. No, in the offseason, we're like, should we even sign this guy? How much money is he worth? And uh, I saw on Reddit on like February, there's someone tweeted one year ago this tweet, and it was uh, Tim Rolls cha- trades Shabazz Napier for Jared Vanderbilt. And like yeah, at the time, man. that just felt like a nothing. It was like, who? Like, I'd rather have Kata Bates Diop. Yeah. Then in the offseason, we're like, is it, is it worth moving Ricky's contract to get Prince and enough cap space to sign Vando? And like now, Vando is such a you know integral part of the team. If he continues this kind of growth and development five years from now, when we're looking back at it, we could be like, yeah, that was the first year Vando was getting minutes. And now he's like a Patrick Beverly defensive player of the year type guy going on five years now. Maybe he's made an off defensive team. We'll say that was the year that Vando went from no minutes to starter. It's been know? his breakout season. Right. Yeah. Sure. yeah. If anyone's having a breakout season on the team, the it's league, Vando. the the sort of maybe not the whole, not the not the casual fan, but the sort of nerdy fans have taken notice of like, oh yeah, this guy's probably like second team all defense. <laughs> Kevin Harlan likes him, so does Reggie Miller. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna think back too. If the Wolves continue this trajectory and maybe they make some noise in the playoffs maybe not like winning around or anything like that but having some success we kind of talked about the wolves fighting their own history past i think that pat bev acquisition is going to be a something we can look back on and be like wow he really changed the mindset of all these guys who had no real playoff experience and you know were thought of as maybe just like stats guys and actually transitioning them to actually being like winning basketball players and considering what they gave up, which was like their garbage for him, Wancho <laughs> oh and Jared Solver contracts. Yeah, I mean, you could look back on that and be like, "Wow, that was it was that was, it a was game Rose's changer. final gift to us. That's Trust right. the process. His, fare, his farewell, yeah. his last gift. I think it was more of just like, it, does Beverly have anything left? You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. is this guy a can he play more than fifty five games? And hey, we're going to probably get something like sixty five or <laughs> who knows out of this year. But I think it was is he washed and is he like too injured? But you know he's been a little injured, but his value has been so much more. Just than his that. presence has been yeah. has been. Uh, it really a big also thing. goes to show you just how good the Memphis Grizzlies have been built as a team that they can oh. make a mistake like that, like trading Patrick Beverly for two guys they got nothing out of. He and, still wasn't going to play, right? You know exactly. I mean? and they like, still had. It's like, not like you could be like tie us ahead of. Oh them. man, the Grizzlies regret giving up him. No, I mean the Grizzlies are having arguably the best season of any NBA team. I mean I know yeah. the Suns are better, but the expectation wise, you know, like, I'm just Grizzlies thinking like is is that the best Memphis could have got? For Pat Bev, even if they were intent on him not being on yeah, the team, yeah, you think they'd be able to get some guy who could play like well, the think, tenth man position? Did we send like a second round pick over maybe, too? And then I maybe. think they traded Wancho for a second round pick, so they yeah. got some fringe draft capital. And they're such a smart front office. Watch them turn that into gold, you know. But yeah, yeah, I think that's one of those things. I can't, I can't wait to be on here on the podcast, being the people who are defending Pat Beverly for punching a player in the back of his head <laughs> when he's not looking. Like we can't wait. I'll be like, you would, oh. you would understand if he was on your team. Yeah, Steph yeah. Curry had it coming. I, I, I'll explain it in detail. Let's break it down. He just loves the game so much. On tonight's podcast, I will. <laughs> that reminds me of the other night, though. It's interesting to see Toria Prince like put his finger on like Juan oh, yeah. Toscato's Anderson's <laughs> just face. Yeah. One yeah. finger, yeah. push him away. That was weird. He like just like, yeah, I'm gonna get a tech for this. Like, yeah. there's no. 
he and it was weird because it wasn't like a heat of moment. It was like they were jaw and he had a moment and he like he was like, "Yep, I'm getting a tech for this." I'm and doing then this. it was like, was that in the first half? Because I feel like at halftime, the they, half, they, yeah, they yeah, met yeah. they met each other after uh, the game. Tough, and, yeah. and they saw it. And it was like an intense like you know back and forth, but it was also like you know they obviously weren't going to throw fists. As well. Yeah, they do that thing rounds. where they put their shirts over oh, their yeah, mouths. Yeah. Don't read the lips. <laughs> yeah. I love that move. That's great. I feel like LeBron yeah. made that. Um, awesome. Well, there we go. We looked forward. We looked back. And um, in order to wrap it all up, we have to play a game. And, uh, Scott, you had a great idea for the game today, very inspired by our by our special guest. Yeah, absolutely. This is a game I you know, remember playing all the way back to high school. We'd just be hanging out. And, uh, you know, any kind of player who's on screen or for whatever reason, you can ask the question. And usually Robert would be asking the question. You know, he said the player's <laughs> name. And like, oh, oh Jonas Valanciunas. From? From yeah. Latvia. Yeah. From Latvia. <laughs> Latvia you. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to play a little game of uh, what I've dubbed From Roulette. And we're all going to go in a circle. We've each um, chosen three all-time Timberwolves. And by all-time, I mean they played for the Timberwolves. At any time, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not yeah, it current good. Timberwolves. Yeah, that can be from any technically, moment. technically, we're not doing all-time Timberwolves. We're doing past and present Timberwolves. Yes. We have not. I mean, I would be impressed if one of you guys did a future Timberwolf, but I feel like I'm the Ooh. most likely <laughs> person on this uh, crew that would do that, and I didn't do that. So not all-time, just past and present. Yeah, so we're, we're not really going to you know be too intense about uh, who, who gets all the points and stuff. But basically, one person. Is gonna, right. One person's person is going to quiz is, the other this two. This is our Jeopardy this host, is, Neil. I'm, I'm nervous, He's always man. keeping okay. scores. Well, and Robert has a reputation to uphold here. He That's is true. the from king. I mean, we got to give a shout-out to a friend of the pod, well, Alex Conover. He is, he is the real. I think you'll give it up to him. I mean, he is. Yes, he's, he's the real king. I think he's he's incredible. Do it. Is he just really into college, or what is it? He's just really into college. He's great at he's football, really scrums, too. I think of him as like the high school basketball guy. I didn't realize he was no, so into he's college. He's at all levels. Well, and what I, what I find interesting too is I feel like most people will have a sweet spot of like, oh, here's when I like really pay attention to the draft, or I really was into March Madness for these years. So you know, like a couple of things, but it's like the people like your dad or like Conover who can like do eras, like old and new, and yeah. like ten years ago, like that's really impressive. So that's that's what we're about to find out here. Who can maybe do some of that best? We each pick three. I pick some big names, but I pick some that might have been a little tricky from the big names. You know what I mean? I, like I didn't it. want to make like it too it. obscure. Again, we have we have people. We want everyone at home listening to play along. Um, I, I just record. So, just record today uh, with my bandmate Brian. We do a podcast called Banter Buddies as well, and I always quiz him. Subscribe and I subscribe. We'll put in the show notes. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I always have this problem of like I don't. It's not good radio for like one person to quiz the other and get all wrong. <laughs> but then it's also like you want to keep it tricky for the people listening who are playing along. Yep, so I'm it's interested. A, it's a fine line to I'm walk. interested to see how this goes as far as th- that uh, that element happens but um, I'll get it started if you guys don't mind yes um, and I'll give you guys the first one here and uh, this is this is probably maybe the easiest one I have of the, of the three it's someone that we covered uh, last year on a better known old school wolf um, Terrell Brandon from this isn't about speed just say if you know it Robert do you know this one Terrell Brandon I do not Classic know Terrell Brandon. Classic point guard. This we is talked the easy about one? It. This is the easy one um, of, of the three. Uh, maybe I thought it was easy because, um, we again, we did the better better know last year. Scott, mm-hmm. do you know it? I, I'll narrow it down to conference or whatever after. after I, I don't know it. I'm going to need it. All right. We're going Pac-10, everybody. Is that still what it's called or Pac-12 or See, whatever? That's just conferences have changed so West much. West Coast. It's the West Coast okay. uh, conference, you guys. Um, I'm going to just throw out a guess. I'm going to say Oregon State. UCLA? 
Oregon. Not oh, Oregon. he is State. Oregon. I remember that from our segment. Once I said my guess, I was like, wait, he's really tied to the Pacific Northwest. That's he's an Oregon ducks, guy. Ducks, not beavers, right? Yeah. Ducks, right? Oh. Oregon is duck. He's Oregon's Oregon. Ducks. Yes. Okay, he's a duck. Terrell Brandon, Oregon. There we go. Let me know. All, All right. right, Scott. Okay. Uh, okay, so Tim Rolfs, 34 wins in a season, everybody. Mm, amazing. Still 19, yes. 19 games 19 to, go. to go. Last time the Wolves had 34 wins in a season, we had a player on this team named Robert Covington. Mm. Rocco. Oh, man. I think mm. I know it. I think I know it. It's a it's an obscure one. Yeah. But I think is. I remember it only really from the like starting lineups from that time. Robert, do you have any guesses? Um. I've got it narrowed down to a couple, but I'm not 100% sure because it is one of those kind of a more obscure ones. Yep, it's a ones. smaller program. I am going, I'm going to go ahead and guess then. I'm yeah, going to guess it. Tennessee State. That's it. Correct. Robert, Tennessee State. I wouldn't have gotten it. Was that in, that no. wasn't in, your, yeah. in your guesses? Tennessee State. I don't know why I know that. What is even the mascot of that? Tennessee State. Because Tennessee know. is the volunteers. Yes. Yeah. What's, what's the opposite of a volunteer? Like someone who's got conscripted into something? <laughs> like the non-volunteers? The draft yeah. dodger. <laughs> yeah, the, the bone spurs. Okay, the Tennessee State mascot, his name is Aristocat the Tiger. Oh, so Aristocat? Yeah. It's the Tennessee State Tigers and Lady Tigers. So the women's teams it. don't even get to be the Tigers. They got to be the Lady Tigers. Yeah, Lady Which Vols. honestly, they do Lady Vols. If too. Tigers are like uh, lions, the Lady Lions do all the hunting. The, yeah. one, the male lions lazy. The so lioness. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Lioness. Mm. All right, Rob, your turn. What's all the right. first uh, one? My theme for these oh, is. Um, I like it. Kind of star players who ended up on the Wolves later uh-huh, on uh-huh, in uh-huh. their career. Great. So my first one is going to be, let's say, Brandon Roy. Ooh, Brandon Roy from, hmm, man. Do you think people are yelling it out right now? People know, is this an obvious one? It's not coming to me uh, right I don't away. Think it's obvious, but I do think people are yelling it out. I have a guess. I think I know what it is. Okay, I'll I give do- you conference if you want. I don't have a guess, but I I think I know what conference. So I'll let Neil guess first. I'm going to guess Washington. I think he's a Pacific Northwest oh, college and pro guy. Scott, any? I was wondering. I feel like he's from the Big Ten. It is Washington. Ooh, oh. job, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm doing all right. I got nice. I got Roco and I got Roy. Man, Roy, all right. It. Next one here. I think this is tough. This is a legend. I, I mean, we've told the story on the pod, by the way, that when Neil and I were season ticket holders, we got a Brandon Roy autographed basketball because it was the year <laughs> Brandon Roy played like three games for us. Yeah. And we couldn't find anyone to give it away to, so we just play basketball with we it. Just now. play with it. <laughs> we just nice play with ball. the Brandon Roy signature ball. It's a nice ball. Um, all right. And my next one is uh, early era Wolves guy. And this is a nod to our um, hundreds of uh, Australian listeners out there uh, listening to Wolf's Cast. Shout out to everybody, Lex Drury and, and uh, you know, uh, who else we got? Jake we got Jake. We got Jake in the yeah. house. Everybody's got all kinds out of there. Aussie fans. Aussie fans love the NBA, love the Wolves. And uh, I want to know where uh, one Luke Longley is from. Luke Longley from... This one's... Um, I wouldn't say it's an obscure school. It's a big school, but... Um, you know, I thought it was interesting because a lot of these like uh, international guys, like they didn't go to you know school stateside or whatever. You know, so uh, Luke Longley, oh yeah, multiple time champion with the Chicago Bulls, three time champ, I think, and uh, yeah, one of uh, one of Aussie's finest. Any guesses? I have no clue, Scott. Man. Big Ten school? It's not. It's not Big Ten. I yeah. don't even know really what this might be. A pack school. It's a West-ish coast. It's Southwest. A Southwest school. So well, New Mexico, I guess, New Mexico. Wow, that was just a total pull guess. that one out of your hat. New Mexico. So. I didn't know they had basketball teams. Luke in New Mexico. Longley played in wow. New Mexico. Wow. So now, now you know. Now everybody knows that. Morning, Scott. All right, Neil. We're on track to make the playoffs. 
<laughs> the last time the Wolves made the playoffs, we had a player on our team named Jamal Crawford. Mm. Now, maybe this is easy because it's kind of a big school, but for me, when I picture Jamal Crawford, he's a guy who's just always been in the league. He never went to college I thought, in my mind. I thought for the longest time he was a high school Right, guy. exactly. And so it oh, kind of yeah. shocked me when I saw he was from this school. Well, we know he's a, we know again as we just said he's a Pacific Northwest. You know he's born and raised in Seattle, yeah. but did he go to school there? I don't really think so. I'm having a hard time thinking of of Jamal Crawford playing college basketball. I remember watching some clips of him in college, and I'm trying to think of. I'm going to go back with my my first guess with Oregon State. I am going to guess. I have like a Big Ten school that I think he might have played to, but I'm kind of. I'm kind of thinking maybe that wasn't, but did he play for Michigan? That's oh, correct. Is it? That's Michigan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> get that. All right, man. Have, uh, you, got, have you missed we're one? Rolling. Yet? I'm rolling he, right he, now. He uh, had a six-game suspension at the beginning of the season because his high school living arrangement breached the bylaws on amateurism. Ooh, so he didn't get to play a full season, but one season at Michigan. And they're the Wolverines. I, I know that one. I have to look that nice one. Job. New Mexico is the Lobos. I looked it up. Ooh. Yeah, this is Lobo Louie. Who is no wonder uh, he came Lobo the Luke. Oh, it looks like they used to have a live wolf. It says in place of the live wolf, <laughs> UNM created <laughs> Lobo Louie. A human wolf mascot to cheer for the Lobos at sporting event. Wonder a human any, wolf mascot. Wonder if any like traumatic event yeah. kind like of instigated that change. Yeah, look yeah, at Lobo Louie. He's all about the tongue hanging out. I appreciate He's that. He's crazy. It's wild. All right, Robert, back to all you right. and the and the and the you know the big form. name players yeah. who who came to the Wolves later in life. All right. Uh I can't remember if this guy was no, he wasn't on the Jimmy Butler team. Okay. Um but I'm gonna go Andre Miller. Oh, the Yikes. Andre Miller, most most known for his lob passes. Yes. He also um, would do that thing where he would you'd think they were gonna call a timeout and then he would kind of fake oh, on his yeah, sideline. So good then, at that. He'd like yeah. slow down away and yeah. then you take it. Brilliant. Didn't he have like a fifty point game for the Timberwolves? <laughs> That's Mo Williams. I'm gonna look him up real quick. You're talking about Mo Williams there. Um wow. So wow. I really don't know this one. I, I my first guess was UMass, but I think that's because of his like connection with Marcus Camby for some reason. Like I feel like he played with Cam- like he threw a bunch Nuggets. of lobs to Marcus yeah. Camby in the Nuggets days, and he's a UMass guy. Uh, say who say the name again? Andre Miller. Andre Miller, the professor or the Pro- doctor? What's his name? I think it was professor. The professor. Yeah, uh, Andre Miller. Andre Miller from. Miller from I can I have no idea. This is a tough one. I'm good. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I'm uh, conjuring uh, Big East. Um, so I'm gonna not go, Big East. Okay. <laughs> um, I have no idea. Scott, do you have any guesses for Andre Miller? Colorado. I'm gonna guess uh, Texas Tech. Pretty close, Scott. Oh, Utah. 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 Dang. Some of us tell one. me it was one of those boring ones. Oh, stumped us. Good one there. Finally Rob. got you. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I've uh, strike against me. All right. Last one for me. Here is um, this is a tough one because I feel like the school is really is really um, unrepresented in the NBA as far as I know. Haven't heard of anybody coming from this school in a while, but uh, I want to know if you guys um, uh, knew where um, Salty Smitch Sam Mitchell went to college. Sam Mitchell, Robert, I feel like you might know it. I feel like you're chewing on this one, like you might have an idea. Again, it's not a big school and it is not a well known place to, to my mind. So this um, is one that. I'm going to lose my mind when you when you tell me because it's dad one knows. it's one my dad and my brother know and they're like, how could you miss that? Because um, it's not a big popular school where people come out of college from anymore. That's that's the reason why I don't even know where the school can is. You give I me like a clue, you. like with a first letter or something. Scott, do you have any guesses? 
No. It starts with an M. It starts with an M. It's a short I name. I don't know. Just to... Mercer. Mercer. Mm. <laughs> he said he'd be upset. And ladies I and gentlemen, we upset. can confirm have, he was. I have done that from before. Really? Yeah, I've done Sam Mitchell from. Uh, Mercer choking. University. I looked it up, you guys. Andrew Miller scored Andre thirteen. Miller. Andre Miller scored thirteen points. Was his career high in a Timberwolves jersey? Nice, okay. close enough. That's Mercer close. is um, is in Atlanta. It's a Georgia. Okay. It's a Georgia Georgia college. Um, looks like they have a bear as a mascot. So there we go. Now we learned a little bit about uh, the Mercer Bears. So salty Smitch from Mercer. Now you know. Proud Don't forget. Alum. Don't forget it ever. All right, Scott. I won't. One more. Well, I had a couple options here in case one. I, I got to bring some extras in case someone stole one of mine. Mm-hmm. And now I, I have like an option of easier ones or harder ones. And I feel like I want to give Neil a harder one, even yeah. though he didn't know Miller. But uh, this one, we'll see if you know it. Kevin Martin. Ooh, I think Ooh, Robert. Kmart. Robert, do you know it? I feel like you're, you're a big you're a big Kmart fan <laughs> in the Sacramento days. I just found out that Robert's dad is a like OG um, Kings fan from the Cincinnati days. Ooh. Yeah. So He's, this brings it back to poor guy. to tie it into my uh, my theme. The last time the Wolves had 40 wins in a season, mm. Kevin Martin was on the team. Also JJ Brea, but I think I know that you know JJ Brea, so I didn't want to do that one. Kevin Martin. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Martin. I, um, uh, can't picture him playing in college. And again, I don't think it's a big school. It's not going to. Oh no. It's a, it's a small school. It's uh, I'm not, nothing like Tennessee State's coming to mind for me, but it's probably something like that, some weird state um, or something. And uh, yeah, I don't even have a guess, Robert. Man, I'm kind of surprised brutal. you don't have you don't know this um, one. Kind of disappointing like, here. You were a big Kevin Martin. You wanted Kevin Martin to be on the Wolves. Like I way was back. a big Kevin Martin guy. Yeah. Um, God, uh, like South Carolina or something. Not bad. <laughs> it's Western Carolina oh, University. Oh, we never Western. got it. Western Carolina University, Man, old WCU. I and, thought you guys uh, would have for some fans gimmies. at home. JJ Bray is Northeastern University. Northeastern. Yeah. I also have Josh Okoki here because I was going to be like, man, we don't talk about Okoki. He felt he GT, was like a yeah. starter last year, and now he's like the twelfth man on this team. But uh, yeah, Georgia Tech for Chris for Paul. JL. Chris Paul mentor. That's right. Mentee, I guess. Western Where Carolina. Their year? mascot is Paws, the Catamount. Oh, that's Paws. really cool. Okay. Catamount is such a good like cat name, right? Cat, the Catamounts. That's awesome. By the way, speaking yeah, of wild cats. I can't remember, Neil, did you say that I can't remember if it was you or my dad who when we play my dad was a coach of basketball and they would have, high school basketball and they would have like a eat the clock play at the oh, end yeah. of the Yeah, we did game. too. Open. Open, yeah. His his was called pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like pause. It's yeah. like yeah. We called it open. That open. just like run out the clock. There's no shot clock in seventh grade basketball. We're up. We just want to stall it out. We're all, it's basically yeah. like a five out. Open. You know what I mean? It's like no one in the paint. Big guys go to the We're corners. Going to open. And it's almost like a three man weave almost. Yeah. It's like you throw it here and then you run behind. Like, yeah. Yeah. What a mess. Um all right, one more, Robert. Okay, you got one the final more. one. Can you stump us Man. from? Okay. Uh last one. Uh this player that he was an all-star he did not have an illustrious wolves career mm. uh josh howard <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm man i'm catching gt vibes again it's e- i think it's either georgia tech or it's like a southern school like that so it's either what's the other one I'm, I'm, I, I get confused with georgia tech there's like the same kind of colors georgia tech or like nc state or something like that I think I'm gonna You're stick on with, the right track. I think I'm going to stick with Georgia. Uh, hmm, that kind of makes me think I don't have it yet. Scott, do you have any, do you have any ideas? I'll give you a clue if you Josh want. Josh Howard coming to mind? Yeah. Uh, sure. Let's, yeah, let's take the clue. You just mentioned a guy who went to the school. Interesting. Just mentioned. Well, that's what I was thinking about Kogi and, and GT. But are you saying it's not Georgia Tech? 
Uh, it's not Georgia Tech. It's not Georgia Tech. Forget what I just said. Just okay. But we mentioned a guy who went to that school. Sorry. No, I, I got. I, I was mis. I was misspoken. Oh, on okay, that. My cool. Bad. So it's still in that zone. I, um, but you were right on like the colors, though. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Where, what else is the other school that does? Um, Oh, what is it? It's like uh, who is the Demon Deacons? Because it's like Georgia Tech is like the um, like the like the B. They're like the Yellow Jacket or whatever. Mm. So who's the Demon? Wake Forest. That's what it is. I think I'm going to guess Wake Forest. Is it Wake Forest, Robert? It is Wake Forest. Yeah. And that guy I mentioned was Jeff Teague. Yeah. Je- oh. <laughs> Te- yeah. Teague is a there Wake Forest is. guy as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is so weird. That is how the From game can work. Like. To me, like I know it's like we talk about the, the, the conferences and stuff. That works. Or you can like, oh, I know it's in the Big Ten or whatever. For me, sometimes I think about the colors or whatever. That's yeah, so right, yeah. weird how that works. Well, the Man. colors didn't change. The thing is, like, sometimes I watch Jeopardy with my wife Meg like every day. And I know you're a big Jeopardy fan, Rob. And totally. I hate it when they do the conference uh, categories because, like, schools have changed conferences so much since mm. I was in college. You know, yeah. I, I know it's been like... 12 years since I've graduated, but still like in that amount of time, the conferences have all traded teams and it just, yep. it's like my idea of what the conferences are or what they were when I was in college. <laughs> and now everything yeah. since my brain has just been like, nope. Yep. It's not 2008 uh, anymore. Yeah. Still angry about Mercer. Man. <laughs> it's going to keep you up uh, at night. He's going to be laying in bed. Mercer. That, yeah. that was the one Man, obscure one you could have got. That, that that was the one. Yeah. Mercer. Mercer. Oh, that's a really Mercer fun game. I should have. Secure, sir. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we, never forget. We'll have to do that All again. All he had to do was die. I wonder if people. I need redemption on this game. Yeah, you got to get back. You're the from person. We got to get more. Apparently we not. Try. Yeah, I guess not. As far as these these names were concerned, we'll have to play that again. That was very fun, Robert. Thank you for joining us for this thank uh, you guys. special Always edition fun. of Wolves Cast. We talked about the past. We talked about the future. The Wolves have 19 more games. We'll be watching. We'll be cheering. We'll be attending. And uh, we'll see how it goes because, uh, yeah, like we said, there's a lot at stake right now. Can they move up to the six? Maybe. If not, can they avoid dropping down to the eighth or ninth? Let's, uh, let's hope that's the case. But uh, we'll be back with you every single week here until the end of the season and beyond. Check us out on Canis Hoopus every week. Leave a comment. I check. It's never there. <sighs> Hurts me. On Twitter, it's at uh, WolvesCast in one word, obviously, because that's how Twitter handles work. On mm-hmm. Instagram, it's WolvesPod. Uh, Robert, do you have any handles that we should follow? You know, Kings I mean, of the North or... Uh, Kings... You can follow me at RK Brew, Kings of the North. Uh, just search for us on whatever, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, hit us up and let, let me know. Plugs, let me know if you had met an employee of Bally Sports North in person. What's the meanest thing? You yeah, yeah, we'll say. Don't you insult them? And yeah, we'll uh, bring it back next week. Like I'm picturing show. me holding a drink and just like pouring it up there. <laughs> let us know because we know that it's all their fault. Valley, Valley Sports. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Much McTeer Jenkins is an exceptional coach, and he grows a great beard.